There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more. ¿Qué tal amigos? Mi nombre es Roman Rojas y Tremenda Vaina es el podcast donde te contamos cuatro historias que desafían la realidad. De las cuatro historias solamente una es mentira. ¿Cuál será? En el último episodio de Tremenda Vaina te contamos de un muchacho en China que vendió una parte de su cuerpo para comprarse un iPad. ¿Será verdad? ¿Será mentira? Suscríbete en iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify o tu plataforma favorita. También nos puedes seguir en Twitter, Instagram o Facebook. El mundo enfrenta una pandemia. Encuentre respuestas y acceda a información veraz y confirmada en el especial de NTN24 sobre coronavirus COVID-19. Escuche los contenidos de NTN24 en su plataforma de podcast favorita. Total Wine and More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine and More has you covered at TotalWine.com. All right, you guys, with the Oscars that just happened this weekend, who would be the first person you'd think if you win an Oscar? Go. Eddie. I would thank all my exes just because I probably did it all just to stunt on them in the first place. <laughs> um, I would actually um, shout out Oscar, my boy Oscar, because he was one of the first ones that like, yo, you need to do this. So I'm going to shout out Oscar. Oh, good. Oscar. Jamie? And I think I've mentioned this in a past podcast, but I would thank all my haters. Word, but word. That's the thing. I don't even think I have, like, haters. But you don't, bro. I just like saying the word, haters. Thank you. Uh, for me, it'd be a tie between God and myself because I put myself here. But then again, I have to thank God for putting me on the planet. Okay. Don't be a hater, Rachel. Wait, so you pushed <laughs> yourself out? Wow. So you oh, shot yeah, your own mom's. song. Oh, yeah, Damn, who? I don't know. The Latinos Out Loud podcast. Oh. By the way, that was 53 yo-yos. I counted 61. What? Yeah, I count as a yo. All right, yo. Multitask. 62. Okay. Guess what this is? Does anybody know? Take a guess. This Uh, is an intervention? Nope, not yet. That's tomorrow. Uh, Surprise birthday party. Nope. Eddie, any guesses? Uh, Night classes. No, it's the Latinos Out Loud podcast, people. That was my second guess. (laughs) That, that wasn't even on my mind. This oh, is wow. the Latinos Allow podcast, episode 10. Hello there. I'm Rachel La Loca. I'm Juan Diaz. Jay first. 
I'm Eddie V. Frank Nibs could not be here with us tonight. Wow. Eddie V. Eddie v pero muy chulo. I like, I like guys that have like the first, like the, they, they're, they're, they're one initial for their last name. Well, you, you know, all the rappers have the first initial and then like some other name. I like to kind of Eddie V. Yo, I'm, almost... I'm Jamie F., yo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't like mine because I'd, I'd be, oh my God, I'd be Rachel S and M. Well, you can do, you can do, you can do Rachel A for N. Listen, we already discussed. Leave that on the episode that we talked about my middle name, okay? Mike would be a Beastie Boy, right? Mike D. That would be Mike D. Mike D. Eddie V is more of a like a freestyle singer. I think that's the the genre that you would be. I like that. Eddie V performing live at Radio City Music. I do. I do. Like a Johnny O. Like a Johnny O. I do dabble. Diamond girl, to it is my amor. Hold on. So it seems that you are multi-talented. What? Explain to the audience what you do. I am Eddie V. I uh-huh. am Afro Latino. I love it. Okay, it's, it's it's you know a part of me. It's okay. how I was raised. Um, but I do like to make music, uh, R and B, contemporary hip hop. Oh, wow. Um, I write a little bit of of screenplay. I'm kind of making a mixtape movie thing all together. Whoa, okay, okay. one. Um, and I do like to do a little bit of acting, but um. Kind of had to stop because I did six years of military service. So okay, military okay. vet. Wow. I I like it. Let's rephrase the question. What don't you do? <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to dance salsa. Uh, okay, I mean you know. Rachel doesn't either. And most of, what are you talking about? I am nasty. <laughs> I have not seen what you dance you salsa like about? in 10 years, Rachel. I am such a good when was salsa the last time you dancer. Danced salsa? When was uh, the last time you danced this salsa? This morning in the shower. Okay. That is not safe. And you didn't fall? No. So I, I feel like I feel like you didn't do a great I job. I Susie Q in the shower. That's how you know I know how to dance salsa because I know the moves. A Susie Q is a move. I did salsa really well because I'm Jewish. So I don't know how to dance salsa. You're talking to your wait, inner wait, wait, voice. Wait, wait, wait. I did not say that. Who's Susie Q? Because she, she can go with Eddie V. She's another freestyle. Uh, she did, um, wait, what was her song? Um, <laughs> Goody Goody? Was it Queen of Hearts? Two Hearts. The Beatles were Queen of Hearts. Jamie knows every freestyle because I'm having all these older siblings. You can yeah. sing any freestyle song and Jamie knows it by no, heart. My, like, instead of like Tiger Bee, my sister had like freestyle hunks or something. Oh, God. And so I would be like, yo, like, oh, I like So you music. read them? You read those magazines too? <laughs> anyway, you guys, listen, Eddie V is Latino Out Loud's intern, but he's been promoted you to have. being on the air. So congrats to you, Eddie V. You've been thank asking you, for a you. segment. And here you are replacing Frank just for today, Frank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Frank, you know, don't, don't throw me through the window. Yes, yeah. I'm not your replacement. I'm usually, not your job. Usually, Frank listens to the podcast maybe like mm, like eight nine hours that comes out. But when he's not on the show, he listens to it the moment Intensely. it comes out, Intensely. and then has notes. Yeah, he takes notes. He takes notes. Like he turns it up and listens to it through so his headphones with no disturbance. So I have advice like, for you be- because you're I, I think what he's the uh, second person to fill it in for him or That's third. Right? Uh, no, I, don't I think. Know. Wait a minute. We had Heido and we had Jerry. Oh, yeah. The third. So uh, my advice to you, knowing how Frank is, don't give it a hundred. Give it about a, a ninety. Don't give that hundred because that's when Frank might get physical. I'll go ninety three just because. I don't like the round numbers. Okay. okay. And if we're not going to okay. go 100, I mean, just, just... And I don't see a person like Eddie not going hard. No, he does. No, no, no. He, he, does he was like doing he's... push-ups before he got in the booth. So He, he was I the mean, first one here. He stopped, dropped, and rolled into the <laughs> studio. 
But that's just because I'm always on he fire. He was marching into the studio. I don't know what I've been told. I don't know what I've been told. Latinos out loud is made of gold. I heard it. I was like, I like the chant. Yo, you guys, just a reminder, this is episode 10. Oh. It is. And you know I like celebrations. Episode uh, X. But we already celebrated episode, episode 10, X. season one and two. So then why would we break the chain? You know okay. how I feel All about right. that. We need to continue with the tradition. So happy 10 episode anniversary. Wow. Woo. We okay. I actually bought a piñata that we can um over yes. and a bat so we can break yes. that open later. Don't put it too high cuz I am short. Oh. That's God. true. I am too. So What's I, inside the piñata, Jamie? Um I want to say not condoms, but <laughs> I knew you were going to say condoms. <laughs> so I. Yeah, I, I knew, knew he was going to say condoms. Diaphragms? Yeah, but you, did the you know dough. that they were used condoms? Oh, Jamie. You took it there, really. What? That twist. Well, just yeah, trying he, to... had a, he had to have a surprise. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I don't want you wow. to think I'm predictable. It is That's a pinata, by Yeah, you <laughs> put the dick in unpredictable. <laughs> oh, no. Rachel! Shut up, my <laughs> I'm kicking it off. I can't wait when we have a soundboard, because I'm going to just be pressing that all the time. I can't wait when we get, like, 100,000 downloads where we can get fans to, like, really call out on people on that. But it's fine. Whatever. How are you guys doing? Everybody's um, good. Welcome good. back, Bago. Welcome back. I want to I wanna let the fans know that I came and I booked my flight to come back today because I, I, I don't want to miss an episode. Where were you again? Just in and case by the way, last week. I don't want to lose. I don't want to be behind two episodes of Rachel because she's perfect. So I know if I missed another well, one because last year I missed because of Mexico. I'm glad somebody said that out loud. So I got to be perfect. Uh, I came back from Dominican Republic. Welcome back. You definitely uh, that explains the yeah. I can see the peel. There's a lot it's, of it just started peeling this morning, so it's not like I wasn't taking Bobo. care. Of. I I know that. I was gonna use the scrub, the the facial scrub. No, you don't want to scrub. I don't want no scrub. You're gonna look weird. You're gonna look like a pizza if you scrub because you're gonna have some brown spots and some white spots. I know. I know. So it was my first time going to DR. My parents retired in November. Well, your first time since they moved out there. Yeah, they moved over there in November, so I had to go see them with my brother and my sister. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's changing. I went to Santiago for people who want to know. Santiago de los so, Caballeros. Exactly. And, um, well, I discovered another Dominican hack. Oh, we are you know, like the we, best at scams. I yeah, thought we that are. we, <laughs> we really are. I thought we maximize our hacks. No, Tell there's us. another hack. Uh-oh. So on my way to Dominican Republic, I noticed, uh, there was like about 10 or 11 wheelchairs. There were oh, people that were going wow. to the Dominican Republic, Handicap and there was like, well, yeah. well, let's let me explain my story, and then we'll make that final decision if they were handicapped or not. Okay, oh so I saw ten or eleven, and I mentioned it to my siblings, I'm like, yo, this is kind of weird. It's like ten or eleven, you know, wheelchairs. On the way back, I'm like, today I noticed that there was a, like around fifteen wheelchairs <laughs> for the flight. They're waiting there for the express line because obviously because they have a wheelchair. And I'm talking to the lady and she's like, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a phenomenon right now. Mm. Um, there's a lot of people using wheelchairs. And she told me that there was a flight one time from, from Boston to Santiago that were the 40 wheelchairs in one come flight. Come on, come on. I told her, you know what? You might as well just have a special plane, put all the wheelchairs in there and put a flat screen right behind it and don't put any seats in there because that's ridiculous. But apparently... They're abusing the system, and they're what having. What do they do? What they, do you mean? They're lying. Abusing the system. They're abusing the system. They're pretending to be disabled. That is well, fucked no, up. No, no, it's not not that. I think it's... I used to do that in amusement parks. Like I would be like, 
I would get someone pretend you're sick, and then we put them in the wheelchair. Jamie, and we don't gotta, you don't gotta wait. You started the trend. Then. You don't gotta wait yeah. to go on the screen machine. No, listen, they are. No, no. Look, look. look. First but you off, end up in a wheelchair after the screen machine anyway. So I guess there's some realness to it. I hated that ride. So the, it got whiplash after. It was oh, yeah, terrible. Yeah, a so lot the, of head marks. So yeah. the official number was 29 wheelchairs in this fight that I came back. But look, I see why. Because when they go in for their their bags, express, they go first. TSA first. Immigration first. Mm. On the flight first. Mm. So they figured it out. And I was I was really peeping them. Because matter of fact, you know, there was an inter uh, I had like a I had to speak to the flight attendant. I was like, look, you stop fronting like half of the plane is not filled with wheelchairs. And she said yes. And she also said that usually around this time of the year when women get surgery in DR, they come back in their fajas in a wheelchair. So even that. So they're really figuring on any type of thing to go on to be in that wheelchair. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get VIP treatment and you want to go on a plane, you can pretend you had surgery and use the Dominican hack with the wheelchair. So wait, did anybody like get up to pee and you were like, ha, see, he can walk? No. <laughs> but apparently when they... Some it's a flights, miracle. <laughs> no. In-flight miracle. How are you two fucking in the bathroom? Weren't you in a wheelchair going up the ramp? Excuse me. Yo, but apparently... Is that still uh, the Mile High Club or is it like three-fourths no. of the mile? <laughs> that's, the, that's the Wheel Mile Club. Oh... <laughs> But no, apparently the flight attendant told me that when some of the Dominicans find out that they don't get off the plane first and last, they miraculously can get up and have the ability to walk so they don't have to go. Jesucristo! <laughs> Mira, I can carry my own maleta and run with it! Ay, Gracias! Que viva Dios! I want to walk in America! <laughs> so yeah, that was one of the hacks I saw. I had a great time over there. Uh, shout out to my mom that apparently listens to the podcast. So Hello. She had it on her iPad because we all bought her an iPad, so she now text messages so us. Cute. And I saw She's that she kid. was been listening to them. She said, "Yes, I listen to your podcast." Oh, she listens to us. I said, "Mira, I love NPR, man. <laughs> so much information." Is she listening like to find juicy things, or is she listening? No, I. She's a great mother. I told her, "Listen, mommy, she listens to the podcast, and it's entertaining and it's funny, and uh, she listens to it." That's Amazing. Unlike my sister Daniela, who I had to shout out, who does not listen to the podcast. Damn, Daniela. My brother Jose does. Like, I could tell him stories that he heard in the podcast and he could reference to it. And my sister doesn't what even know. What about Miguelina? Does she listen? Miguelina to listens to it once in a while. Thank she, you to it's the Jose Diaz who's family. Yeah. All right. So thank you. So yeah, uh, I had a great time. I'll be back there soon again. Um, Are you going to um, use a wheelchair? Uh, I might. You know, I might document it. I might document getting on the wheelchair and see how far I can go. You should go with crutches. Start slow. <laughs> yeah. And build yourself up to wheelchairs. Work people, it up. These people have been doing it for. That's a lot of work. Wheel, crutch yeah. Crutches is a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Ever since I had a kid, because, you know, we also get first on the plane. Like, they always give it to either oh. handicap and or um, people with children. It's amazing. You get on the plane, first of all, it smells so good. Everything is clean. The flight attendants are, hello and welcome. You're the first. And you get to pick whatever overhead compartment you want. So, so find you know. the right compartment for the kid. And no, be like, you stay up here for the rest of the plane ride. <laughs> when I was on active duty, we, there, there are a lot of airports that are like, uh, active duty military, please enter the plane. And you're like, oh, I can do this now. Yeah, it's nice. You still got to walk I'm past on... first class to the back Yo, of the plane. But One more thing. Dominicans being the way they are. Look, they ask for like group A. Okay, boom, all group A. And then the lady goes group A and B. And then check it out. 
the the guy was like, no, 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 we didn't say B. There was a little bit of confusion. Yo, there's people with D and C that went right in front. The Dominicans don't no. care, yo. No. They, no. They, they wait for you to call them out. And then they're like, oh, eh, perdón, eh, sorry. I thought you oh, yo C. pensé que tú dijiste no D. Pensé. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to have you back, Yes, Mike. Rachel. We missed you here in New York. Uh, yeah, and uh, I skipped one snowstorm, but apparently there's going to be another one coming. So Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. so... Mm. Well, uh, you know, I had a great couple of days while you were gone. And actually, thanks to you, I got to interview Bad Bunny for Pedal Like BuzzFeed. Shout outs to Alexis and the whole family over there. Shout out to everybody over at BuzzFeed, Pedal Like. Mm -hmm. And Bago, thank you for um, recommending me for the job. You were third option, so... Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) It's always a backhanded thing. Jamie couldn't speak Spanish. I'm just kidding. Shut up! Well, no, I had such a wonderful time. So you guys will catch this on BuzzFeed. Pero like, I'll post it on my page. Follow me at Rachel La Loca. But basically, Bad Bunny was there. And I got to tell you guys, he's really not a bad bunny at all. He's uh, a really soft and cuddly bunny. Uh, you, you hugged him? Yes, I actually did hug him. And after the interview, I was like, wow, you are an incredible human being. You're so spiritual. You're so humble. He came in a lot of diamonds. Dama, dama, neck, dama, dama. You know? <laughs> But, you know, Louis Vuitton scarf, his whole entourage was there. But we surprised him BuzzFeed style with live bunnies. Oh, It was amazing. He did not expect it. The bunnies were so cute. So shout out to the Long Island Bunny Rescue Organization that brought the bunnies. Good callback. Yeah. So so wait, so did they bring him back to the rescue shelter and like kill him there? They don't kill them, (laughs) Jamie. After a certain amount of time, you can't keep those bunnies... No, like alive? Wow, well, first Jamie. of all, it's like bunny season, so they're getting a lot of work right now for Easter and shit. Uh, that's so true. That's true. bunnies are hot right now. Um, but regard, like, okay, so he <laughs> the bad ones or just regular bunnies? We'll, we'll take your word for that. All right. <laughs> Wait, so was he cool? was he like, yo, y'all taking my name too literally with these bunnies, or is he into bunnies for real? He's in so okay. This is juicy. So I was the only one that spoke Spanish in the room, and uh, which is why they you know brought me in to interview him. And so he sat down and he kind of looked a little sad. And oh. I was like, Bad Bunny, is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really? say it like you that. Did, no, I didn't say it like that. No, no, no. <laughs> they brought you in to speak Spanish and, and ask I, him in English. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> a thick accent. Hey, hey, Bad Bunny, hey, how you doing? Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny, is it rabbit season or is Are it duck you season? Okay, yo. <laughs> No, I asked, I was like, everything okay, whatever. And I was like, I like your name, Bad Bunny. And then he actually told me in Spanish, yeah, you know, I'm a little down. My my pet bunny died three weeks ago. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. So he actually, <laughs> hold up, this is real? Did he give the name? He actually had the name pet? of the bunny? Yeah. No, is he, it I didn't good ask him. Or was it good bunny? Did he show you any Instagram pictures of his pet bunny? No. R.I.P. the good bunny. You know, yeah. but I felt bad because I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, we're about to bring in live bunnies. Like when, when you your dog dies, you don't really want to be around dogs, right away you know what i'm saying it's it, true yeah, it's, it's like true. a flashback but as soon as the bunnies came in oh my god he got so soft his eyes, it was so cute. his eyes lit up then well he, it's his family he's the bad bunny and then there's his the good bunny bunnies, and mama yeah. bunny he and... got so cuddly and stuff he's like oh do 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 like speaking all like soft or whatever he was talking bunny talk <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and he put him on his lap it was funny he actually thought it was a gift for him he's like is it so funny and we were like oh no 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 i could eat this i could eat this <laughs> they were like just for now to play but anyway you know it was a great interview so I'll share it once it goes live um, only Rachel would be like have an interview with Bad 
bunny and just bring a bunch of bunnies to the interview. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much. Oh, not only that, but you know, I did, I did bring something to the table, and Alexis so appreciated this. I was like, okay, so it's like Easter, and there's mad chocolate bunnies on the shelves of Rite Aid and shit. So like, I brought mad Easter stuff. I brought bunny ears, oh, a little bunny oh, basket, oh, bunny chocolate, so which he wanted nothing to do with. Yeah, that, that, that probably happens all He's the time. He's probably crying like, oh, inside too. Yeah, he was like, okay, enough with my name, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I can't wait to see your interview with Elephant Man. <laughs> <laughs> I love Elephant Man, by the way. Oh, my God, he liked one of my statuses the other day. Just saying. Me and Ellie go way back. Jamaica! Um, I love Elephant Man. Oh, my God. So that God. was my week. That was the highlight yeah, of my week. so I think it's time. We don't have the intro for you, bro. Sorry. All right. All we, right. Can, but do you want us to intro you? Like, do you want to form an intro? Just be real clever for 10 seconds. Go. One, two, three. That's going to be hard for Mike. <laughs> his br- is his brain sunburnt? All right. I'll give you one. Bo, 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 TJ That's all I wanted. That's it. There you go. That's the keeper. Okay. So I'm going to start it out. Shout out to Bachelor Nation. You love The Bachelor. You love, yo, I dude, can't you should have your own Amy. specific podcast during the season. The Bachelor had their season finale, right? Yeah. Uh, this yeah. week. Um, and it was kind of crazy. A little uh, crazier than other Wait, before you go, before you go, finale. before you go, before you go, wait, before you go, how many seasons, how many seasons? Ba- Do you watch The Bachelor as well, or just Bachelor? I watch The Bachelorette too. Yeah. Okay. Oh, how okay, many seasons? Bachelor Nation oh. is everything. Okay. How many seasons <laughs> have you seen it? Like how many? You have never uh, missed one? Uh, no, I've missed one. If if it's a boring season, like this season was kind of boring, but yesterday was a crazy episode. But I'll, okay. I'll in and I go in and out of it. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Then. Tell uh, us. Anyways, <laughs> so you know, at the end, I'll you know, I'll I'll simplify it. At the end of every season. It's down to two women that he has to he has to choose between the two women who he's gonna um who he's gonna propose to. Uh-huh. So he actually he picked a he picked uh, a woman he proposed to her. Okay. Then you thought it was over, right? Because usually, like after that happens, they go like to interviews. Yeah, I'm gonna after take... the after the rose, right? And then like the audience <laughs> is bugging out. They talk to the new couple. No, they went to. Um, You're hyped, by the they way. Fast, yeah, for real. They fast-forwarded yeah, yeah. to them just hanging out. They never show that because they're not really supposed to be around each other. It's like secret for like a year right. until the season ends. So then they're hanging out, and all of a sudden, he fast-forward, he breaks up with that woman. He says he still has feelings for the other girl. <sighs> so that never. So he proposes this chick, and so he breaks up with her. Aunt. She didn't even know. She was like, why are the cameras here? Oh, she didn't know she was going to get broken up with oh, on TV. Oh that's God. lethal. That's another wow. level, bro. Really so I'm, I'm assuming she's going to be the next Bachelorette because they you can't just Set do up. her dirty like that <sighs> for ratings. Um, and while we're taping this, I'm actually missing the after the, the rose ceremony where they talk to them. So I'm gonna have to. Well, we Did appreciate. You DVR it? I don't have a we, DVR, we so appreciate. I'm gonna have to. Yo, we appreciate. I'm demand it. That would have been an excuse for you not to be here today. That's fine. We yeah. understand. So but we anyway, appreciate. It was that. a crazy, crazy season finale. But that dude sucked. That the guy this year, he was like a. He part-time race car driver, part-time real estate guy. What? You can be a part-time yeah. race car driver? Yeah, everybody has a <laughs> job. Everybody has like a part-time legend. baseball player? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to segue from Wait, this. Wait, do they say that in the show or you just research that? Because you're... <laughs> I, researched, I researched this more than the guest, you know, the... <laughs> 
Yo, everything about The Bachelor that you need to know, it's 20-year history. You should do a podcast just about The Bachelor. Yeah. Okay. And then you get some of the girls that get eliminated as a guest. Oh, my God. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, man. Okay, well, there's this, actually, if we go deeper into The Bachelor history, there's a book that, that recently came out. Um, and it, and it Did you get the advanced copy? Like, no one else has it, <laughs> Did right? you write Did you? it, Jamie? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to... Jamie wrote it! Under a different pen name. <laughs> yeah. Who's the author's name? Jaime <laughs> Fernandez. Fernandez. It's, it's a very thick pamphlet that I wrote. Uh, no, it tells you the inside gossip of what really goes on, right? Like, uh-huh. behind the scenes. So, a couple things that came, that, that stood out uh, from what I read about this book. The top reason applicants don't make it onto the show is if they have an STD. Oh. Okay. That's interesting. One of the executive producers, uh, and I quote, he's like, as soon as the- You wouldn't make it, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) The producer said, as soon as the medical test came back, you'd see that herpes was the biggest thing. And sometimes you'd be the first person to tell a contestant that they had herpes. Wow. What? So, sorry, so, Usher, you couldn't you wouldn't be able to go to the Bachelorette. Damn, so they make it that far into the casting process. They right. don't know they have herpes. And then when they're about to get like either the call back or whatever, it's like, I'm sorry, you can't be on the show and you also have herpes. Yeah, and here's a gift Damn. bag full of Valtrex. Um the other <laughs> the uh the other bit of news that, that came out was that uh um oh that they have their their um, they sync the periods together. Like they, they make they follow all the contestants uh, their period schedules, and they specifically have dramatic shit happen while they're at the the the, the top of their period situation. I really can't hear about this right now, okay? Because I just started mine, and that is so fucked up. Me too. I can't take this, and plus she's on it as well. <laughs> Look, when women cycle together in the house, it creates a completely different vibe. Oh Jesus. My God. Who sponsors that show? <laughs> Sponsored by Kotex. It helps the, look, it helps the producers because like now you, like they want emotion, right? Someone gets emotional, and that's oh a big part of the show. My Bachelor Nation knows emotional moments are the reason we watch, right? I feel like this is your way to initiate yourself part of the freaking Bachelor Nation, bro. He's, he's trying to plug Mentioning it in the podcast. That. Okay. Oh my God, bro. All right, let's move on to the next story. Yeah, please. Um, uh, this is interesting. Okay. <laughs> like the period wasn't right. Let's just go Fascinating. ahead. People. Wow. F- All right, check this story out. People from the famously romantic nations of France and Italy find New York accents sexier than any other American accent. What are you fucking talking about? Hey, are you talking about me? <laughs> Yer. It's through Southern, Bostonian, Californian, Texan, Midwestern, and Minnesotan. Um, <laughs> pretty good. That was and, an eight point two. Um, <laughs> I didn't know they had Jamaicans in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota. Elephant, elephant man is from Minnesota. On the river, on Minnesota. So according according to the language learning app Babbel, um, they quizzed five hundred uh, words. A great source of yours. <laughs> I love Babbel. All these sites that I always frequent. I have it, I have it saved on my bookmarks. They quizzed 500 workers at hostels across Europe, and about which, which of the U.S. Uh, supermarkets accents get you know get them excited. Wait, huh? where where do they serve you at? <laughs> at hostels. Hostels. hostels? You know yeah. The hostel is? Who no. goes in there and say, "I know you want to go do this, but uh, real quick, I got a couple of questions to ask you." Hey, Babel, you know they probably don't have a lot of money behind their their. Yeah, app. it's low budget research, you know, and these guys are paying what twenty five dollars a night at a hostel, so they're accessible. 
They probably say, hey, Arizona, Look, I'll pay, for, I'll pay for your room. Just, uh, I got a couple questions for I you. I got a donut and a bag of weed. Can you answer some questions? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, weirdly enough, Germans and Spaniards were uh, most aroused by Boston's accent. They like oh. the... Wow. Car! Yo, get in the car! Wow. <laughs> get in <Boston>. the... Bu- <laughs> Take off your bra! <laughs> At the oh, bar! Oh, he's so hot. Bar. His voice is so hot. Wow. Um, your teeth are wicked nice. <laughs> <laughs> Forget Tommy, about it. Forget Tommy, about it. Please tell me you got that, Tommy. Please. <laughs> Last story, real quick. Have you ever dreamt of living on a private island full-time? Rachel, I know you have. All day. Then virgins, the, the, wait, the wait, president wait. of virgin. Oh, Okay. Wait, like actual virgins? There's a president for virgins? No. Well, he's and a, they, they, they live on an island? He's a billionaire, so he probably does own vir- actual virgins. Oh, okay. But yeah, like no, 40 vir- of them. Yeah, Virgin, the company. Oh. Remember the Virgin Megastore in 42nd? Yes, 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 yes. When yes, people yes. actually bought stuff. It moved to the island? Virgin Airlines. Uh, virgin Airlines. That store went to the island? Mobile. Can he get through the story? So he, his company's hiring an assistant to live and work um, on, the sea, on his uh, island in the Caribbean. It's called Necker Island. Yes. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> good, good job. <laughs> that you walked on good that thing I didn't pronounce that wrong. Yeah. Because you want to go there and get nicker. So check it out. This person will have an entry level role. They'll serve as both the personal assistant to the island's general manager, um, and, <laughs> and and this is actually posted on LinkedIn. This job listing. So if anybody wants to word, like, I'm writing you this would, down yeah. now. You would think it would be word of mouth for him. Why would he have to put it on LinkedIn? Uh, I don't. Well, because look, they say this opportunity isn't for anyone. Because oh, despite okay. the sunshine, it requires a lot of work, like uh-huh. diary, diary and email management, okay. filing and archiving. Wow. Rachel, they still file? What do yeah, you like, file? wait a second. Isn't everything computerized now? Yeah. Like, are there file cabinets on uh, Naker Island? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that. Yeah, don't mispronounce island. that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Knocker Island? Um... <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I think this guy's a billionaire. He probably thinks filing is like the worst thing ever and shit. He's just like, oh no, they're gonna have to file. And that was a pretty good it, impression. Follow- <laughs> they, I mean, I just want them to answer the emails. I mean, I didn't. Is that what you're gonna sound like as a billionaire? Oh, uh, that's how Richard Branson. Uh, yeah, I'll sound like anything like a billionaire. I'll change my accent every week. But um, so Rachel, definitely go on LinkedIn. I'm already on it. Uh, yeah. I'm I think this would be a great job for you. And that's all for the bites. It's amazing. Woo! I wonder if I can like interview in a coconut bra. Do you think that would get me points? Mm. No? Mm. All right. Sensitive time to comment on that. We can't just. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. You know that. You, you all get you the same reaction up. at the yeah. same yeah. time. We're hesitant. We can't. You know, we've got to be careful with that Sometimes answer. to be a man. But I'll tell you off the radio. Maybe like a coconut sweater that, <laughs> cover, that covers a lot. A unisex sweater, like that men and women can wear. Good you know answer, what I mean? Turtleneck. Good answer. All right, so it is time for the fake news. Live from La Gran Manzana, it's Frank Spirison News with Frank Nibs. Good evening, everyone. Hey, you're not Frank. Yeah, I, I was trying to be for a second and it didn't work, so... <laughs> Maybe I'll just stick to me. No, okay. we know. Listen, Eddie B filling Eddie in v. for Frank. Let's get it popping. Yeah, You're Eddie, man. You're Eddie right. C now for conspiracy. <laughs> Eddie conspiracy. Oh, Frank is not going to like that. Don't don't be nervous, man. We we got your back. <laughs> We're going to support you, all right? All righty. So, very recently, mm-hmm. the Associated Press. Okay. I has trust them. been looking. Yeah, I trust. I don't really trust them. I don't really trust too many people, though. Mm. Perfect for this segment. Yeah, then. very good. 
there are a lot of there are a lot of conspiracies out there. Okay. And the Associated Press is looking into this one of the SS Cotopaxi, which is a ship that went missing in November of 1925. Rachel, you were in kindergarten around that time, you right? You know, Mike, go to hell. Ouch. I was thinking second grade. But <laughs> eat a dick. Tell the story. <laughs> I like you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Right, but kidding. the ship went missing yeah, in the Bermuda Triangle um, Ooh. in 1925. And I guess in 2015, the Cuban Coast Guard recovered this ship. Just came out of nowhere. They found it. The Cubans would left. find it. The Cubans would. They just left the, the uh, Bermuda Triangle and they just came right back. Like, oh, they right. turned it into a boat, another boat? <laughs> well, I don't know what they did with it. And that's the thing is now, again, this boat is missing. So the Associated Press has been looking into it, and they asked the U.S. Coast Guard if they knew anything about it. And the U.S. Coast Guard said, no, they never found that ship. So that's, there's that's contradicting their statements. The These Cubans two, saying they got two it. Coast Guards, two government-sponsored Coast Guards are contradicting each other. So. They probably found some buried treasure, the Cubans. Mm, mira, Felipe, there's a buried treasure. Or maybe, maybe <laughs> the guys that were on the ship are still alive. Oh. Yes. So you're saying because of the vortex that of the, the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle, Triangle create. So the Cubans don't want, the, the Americans don't want us to know because then that may be something that will go to the Bermuda Triangle and not age. Maybe the aging process is the secret? The secret of that is in there in the Bermuda so Triangle. So they're all like the founder of youth or something. Maybe. Yeah, so they're maybe. all Tupac's on like a. On I'm ship. saying though, they're all on like a catamaran. Biggie, Tupac, the yeah. people from 1920, Amelia Earhart. Yeah. They're Amelia all chilling. Earhart. We never, we never found her, <laughs> but now all of a sudden we find this ship. Interesting. Wow, so that is some theory? deep ship. What do you I, think? I, <laughs> I this is like your interview process uh, here. The way you answer this, <laughs> you could be the permanent replacement. For Frank, and based on this answer, okay, you know, so he has I, his theories. I should definitely get this answer wrong on purpose. Then, <laughs> if you want to so, stay friends with Frank, so, yes. So Frank doesn't doesn't uh, yeah, have yeah. my next Uber Frank's guy the kick me dude. out the door while it's moving. Yeah, because Uber guys talk. Yeah, they they you definitely <laughs> give him a one star. Don't. No, but I think I think they probably did find the ship, and there's probably something on this ship that the Cuban mm. government is hiding. Wow. Okay. Who knows? I think Rachel might be on something. It may be like vibranium, you know, like uh, Wakanda. I think Africa. Uh, you way. actually is very woke, Conda. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, think, I think you're too light. I think you're well, kind of. <laughs> okay, you got more? The other thing is this fast food chain. Yeah. I got more, guys. I came prepared. Oh, you are Whoa. doing a great job. I don't job. remember the last time Frank had two fake news. This oh, is man, Frank, showing he's off to right show here, you bro. Up, Frank. Wow. What you going to do with Frank, that, Frank? Frank, it's Hold Eddie. Hold that. Sometimes Frank, Frank has like a five-parter to one. Like it's like, That's but true. not yet, though. Just when you think it gets not, it's crazy. At least you didn't do this. Frank does this. Uh, Rachel, you know my, you might know about this all the time, and I'm just like Frank. Could you have Frank, I'm staying me? out. This is Eddie, your but friend, no. and Frank does this too. But you know what, guys? But you know what, guys? <laughs> Hello, guys. <laughs> no, but but here's why babies are uh, possessed by the devil. Though. And this is like six minutes into the story. I'm like, now you're telling us this this plot twist. <laughs> but wait, guys. But wait. <laughs> No, 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 guy, guy, this is serious. But wait. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have as many plots, but I do have a sequel. Ooh, oh, okay, nice. here we go. Hit us. Which has nothing to do with the first story. That's oh, okay. Okay, that's fine. My career is off to a hot start. No, no, yeah, no. Go. Go. So this fast food chain called Cali Burger, which is 
apparently all around the world. They have locations in Dubai. I oh yeah, assume. I know it. Wasn't there a movie with uh, Keenan and Kel? What was that name? <laughs> what was the name that of was, that? That was Good Burger. Oh, okay, sorry about Ali that. Burgers in Dubai and okay. London, hopefully California, but who knows? <laughs> they have this robot okay. that works for them. It's called Flippy, and Flippy? you can probably take a guess that it works the register, right? No, no. It, it it's back there and it flips burgers. It can flip about three hundred burgers in an hour. Wow! And it cut it cuts the cost because they don't have to pay. Someone to sit there and of flip burgers. I mean, and it's a dirty job. I don't know if this robot's going through puberty and getting pimples or whatnot. But this is true. Who knows? So all this, all the burger machine robot Flippy needs is somebody to put the burgers onto the grill, mm. and then it reads the temperature. It's got sensors. It takes four minutes to cook each burger, so every burger is cooked the exact same way. Mm. Mm. And what if it drops on the floor? Does the burger, uh, does the robot know to pick it up? And, and put, put it back? It back? <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's probably... Don't tell anyone. <laughs> you didn't see that? You saw nothing. Cut, cut the camera. <laughs> Look, I rinsed it. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of movies about this going wrong where the burger kind of get the machine gets a mind of its own, so... I don't know how I feel about a burger mm. being cooked by a robot for me. Because what if I say something to employ in the, you know. The burger, you know, the robot. I keep saying the robot, whatever. Um, <laughs> do the, you think White Castle will eventually have these uh, type of robots? I mean, I feel like the robot's pretty big. And they'd have to find a way to make a miniature version of the robot for White well, Every time I go to White Castle, like the, the, the people that go there, they always make fun of the the people that work at White Castle. They're always like, yo, don't eat my burger, you fat bitch. <laughs> That's so, I'm so pre- sad. No, I know. I'm pretty sure. I, I, I wonder if they would do that to robots. It's Yo, like, don't eat my robot, you fat robot bitch. This has nothing to do with anything, but can I just state something for the record? White Castle burgers are the only burgers that smell the same way going in as they do coming out. Anybody ever realize that? Okay, I think that's a wrap for the uh, fake news. <laughs> I'm always mind boggled by that. Like, wow, I feel this, like you just stuff, did that recently, too. It's it like fresh really, in your mind. It doesn't get digested, does it? It oh just my God. goes in and out. It's what you crave. <laughs> we we got used Condom talk and uh, White Castle. Uh, I just keep it real here. You know um, what I mean? I just, that was great. Uh, yeah, I think the future is bright that we have, uh, you know, uh, robots making minimum wage yeah. at fast food <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> well, Eddie, thank you so Good much. Good job, Eddie. Excellent. V. Thank you. Thank came you. in, did two fake newses. That's quite impressive. Thank you. Thank Thanks you so much. And I think now it's time for some shout-outs. Oh, can I go? Can I go? Please, please, me, please. Oh, oh, oh. I, well, much love to our partners at Yero.com. That's W-L-E-R-O.com, the news and lifestyle platform for Latino men. Last year was a big deal for lots of reasons among the Latino men who showed up and showed out. Yero's Special Men of the Year 2018 is a roundup of these memorable, memorable, memorable? (laughs) Memorable Day? Memorable Day memorable. Memorable Memorable Yero's. So visit Yero's. Yero.com to see the list and vote for your favorite. That's Yero.com, double L E R O.com, and I know how to speak English. <laughs> Shout out to Jess. <laughs> Sorry out about to that, Jessica. Jess. <laughs> do you have one? I actually do. Um, make it memorable. I'll make it memorable. <laughs> uh, Uptown Collective. The event is Queenie. 
selected artworks by the female artists from the Museo de Barrios collection. It will actually not be at the Museo de Barrio, but at the Hunter East Harlem Gallery, 2180 3rd Ave and 119th Street on March 21st through June 23rd, 2018. Go to the website for more information. Shout outs to Led. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Okay, now, well, we have a big guest on Latinos Out Loud. We go big. Am I wrong, people? On a, oh. on a scale of 1 to 10, usually when we have a big ass, you go 15. Oh. Yeah. So you're going to really amp this up. Wait, you want me to do like a big intro? Yeah. Well, like, you know, just amp it up, like Boca style. Go All up right. to 17. If you 17? Can. Go 17. Woo! All right. I didn't even stretch, but okay, here we go. You guys, I am so filled with excitement. I've been anticipating this moment since we booked this person on the Latinos Out Loud podcast. Now, sometimes our guests come here and they drop gems. I know. I know he's not only going to drop gems, he's going to drop bombs, he's going to drop diamonds, he's going to drop so many precious stones. Get your notepads ready, press record on the tape, put a little piece of masking tape on the cassette if you have to, old school throwback. Get your recording devices in the palm of your hands. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we have the Pulitzer Prize-winning Dominican-American author, Juno Diaz, on the podcast tonight. Woo! Are you there? <laughs> you still there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah. I think you were going to hang up. I'm like, wait a minute, go back! Did we scare you? Are we too much? Yeah, no. After that introduction, I am fucking guaranteed to disappoint. So. <laughs> We are so honored to have you on the podcast. You have inspired all of us in this room. So allow us just, well, allow me to be as animated as I am right now because I'm so excited to have you. I know the guys are too. So welcome to Latinos Out Loud, Juno Diaz. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Where do we even start, you guys? Like, we only have 30 minutes. So, like, I mean, we're going to have to talk fast. Are you guys ready? We're going to have to talk like this. Really, really fast. All right. So, hi, Juno. Yes, hi. My name is Rachel La Loca. No, we're not going to do that to you. Okay, Juno, boxes or briefs? Quick. Sorry. Sorry, that was a question I've been wanting to ask. Jamie, you don't ask an acclaimed author like Juno Diaz if he wears boxers or briefs. What about lemonade or iced tea? I am curious, though, now. Do you wear boxers or briefs? Yo, it depends whatever the fuck is clean, man. <laughs> y'all, like, y'all some picky people. I just, I go with what's near and clean. Well, Juno, you, I guess my first question is, and like everybody knows you as Juno Diaz. I mean, you are the author of The Brief Wondrous Life of, the, of Oscar Wilde. Like that is such a, it's a title read in schools. It's a title still selling out on shelves at bookstores. Like where were you when you received the notification that you were winning uh, a recipient of the Pulitzer Prize? I was at my mom's house in New Jersey and uh, I was helping her pack her bags to go to Santo Domingo. So, you know, being a good fucking son, taking care of all that filial, taking care of my filial duties. And, uh, yeah, you know, sentiéndose en la maleta, so they shut. <laughs> and then did your mom, like, did you guys go outside real quick, get a Dominican cake and celebrate? Or how did the how did the celebration go down? Nah, it wasn't like that. My mom was kind of confused. She was like, uh, <laughs> I mean, she was like, yo, how much money is that? And I was like, <laughs> 
just kind of looked at me like I was crazy, yo. Well, what did you feel? Like, what did you? Well, I guess my I should have a a question before that. Like, did you know? Like, when this book hit shelves, were you like, yo, this shit gonna win every award? Again, I think other people dream bigger than I do. I just was glad to get the shit fucking done. You know, I'm really honestly after 11 years, I wasn't thinking about winning awards. I was just glad to get the thing handed the fuck in. Yeah. You know, it, was, it took a long time. So that was what uh, that was mostly what was on my head, you know. And that wasn't your first published piece. Your first published piece was a book of short stories, correct? Yeah, a book called Drowned. No. Now, Juno, when you finished that one, did you have the um, did you have that book in mind to be written before Drown, or was that something that once you completed that project that you were like, okay, I'm gonna work on this one? No, that was the, that was the order. I mean, I finished Drown first, and then I knew I had to do some. You know, I wanted to do something a little bigger, and then I came up with this book. Um, I kind of always wanted to do a book about uh, the the kind of the long shadow of the Trujillato. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't grow up Dominican and not be aware of how kind of, you know, in a, in a kind of malignant way, the Trujillato lives inside of like everyday Dominican culture. You know, there was a part of me that was like, you know, just you, you grow up inside of our community and you're just thinking, at least I was fucking thinking that like, yo, Trujillo ever fucking just came back from the dead. This dude would feel mad comfortable. Like he would just look around at Dominican culture and be like, "Yo, this is this is real fucking familiar to me." So, ever since I had that kind of observation, I wanted to write a book about that. And so, you know, it took me a minute to figure out what was the direction and sort of who were the characters and how I was going to tell it. But yeah, it came in that kind of. Uh, that's the way it sort of evolved. So that book has so much. Uh just history in it that you, I mean, was that something that like just finding, you know, like, did you have to, you know, like, how did you study to get all that history down and then also have to, you know, figure out your, your narrative, you know, the narrative aspect of the, of the book. Cause I, it just seems very overwhelming to be like, all right, I got to find out everything about Trujillo, about this, the inner workings of this. Did you just go to like a library and just like, yo, give me every book you have. Yeah, no, I wish it was like that. I think the first thing was you have to first understand how ignorant you are. I mean, I think that was first and foremost. First and foremost, here I was saying I was this Dominican artist. I was from actually La Capital, from San Domingo, immigrated, surrounded by Dominicans. And I didn't know shit about my history. I knew zilch. Um, I the, What I knew about sort of Dominican history... I would have been lucky if they quit my ass to get a D. And I think first I needed to like be clear that I didn't know anything and had to be clear that what I knew wasn't just fucking like hand-me-downs. It was like hand-me-downs, hand-me-downs, hand-me-downs so that I didn't even get clothes with holes. It was just like threads, man, just threads. And um, once I discovered the immensity of my ignorance, that's when... I began to do the work, and the work involved, yeah, archival research. You read a lot of fucking books. You read a lot of documents. You hit the stack. Um, interviews with what we call time witnesses, people who were actually alive during the Trujillo, who could sort of, you know, fill you in perhaps on the kind of the smaller, what we would consider the microscopic or the, the capillary details. 
Um, and then you had to like wait a long time. I mean, the one thing about interviewing for books is that um, it's not you don't I didn't interview like a journalist. I didn't expect anybody to give me an answer. I kind of would wait and have a relationship with somebody and have a dialogue with them sometimes for years before they would give me anything that you could, you know, that you would say, wow, this is kind of along the lines of some kind of answer. So, you know, it was, it was a journey, man. But in some ways I was actually really, really patient. Um, I'm definitely the dude who can wait weeks, months, even in this case, years for somebody to actually answer a question. Wow. Well, along those lines, you know, some people like to find their creative juices and to get them flowing. You know, they need to seek solitude or some people need to light a joint. Like what are are there any unique elements to your writing process? Yeah, I mean, I basically got to torture myself usually for about a year, uh, like literally drive myself fucking crazy, um, you know, be kind of, you know, then also be avoidant, you know, not do what I'm supposed to be doing, run away from the the desk, the, you know, run away from the computer. Um, you know, though I got like probably the least productive uh, habits that you could have as a published writer. Um, in fact, I have to like... I have to write in spite of myself. So the only thing I can tell you that would be something close to an answer is that I write early in the morning. I write before I can start, you know, putting out my defenses. You know, once I become a social person, as in like once whatever your little story you have that you like to tell your friends. In other words, if you think you're cute or you think you're fucking smart or you think you're the fucking funny one or you think you're all those fucking things. Uh, at that moment, I can't write. I can only write before I kind of put on any of the the little kind of myths that I like to circulate. Um, I have to write when, you know, it's I'm not my most kind of humble self. So it's, for me, it's in the morning, really early. You know, todavía soy como casi campesino. Entonces, en la mañana, pero tempranísimo. Ahí es cuando viene, tú sabes. That's really good advice because some of us in the room, like we're writers, we're comedy writers, specifically sketch comedy writers. And I don't know about you, Jamie, but sometimes I just get such this block. Like, I, I, you know, it's so cliche to say writer's block, but yo, that shit is real. And sometimes I just don't feel funny. You know, for hours at a time. But I am going to try writing in the morning. I get writer's block like writing texts. I'm like, how do I finish this text? (laughs) It's just a sentence. Hello, what emoji can I put here? Yo, Juno, do you ever get like the pressure of all your text messages have to be like phenomenal to people because you're a writer? Honestly, I'm very happy if people like, honestly, I know I don't care if I sound like incredibly dumb. Uh, I just, <laughs> that's, I'm, me and appearances are not, you know, we're not all that close with each other. So I don't worry about that. I think for me, the biggest thing is my biggest, like the thing that drives me bananas, I fucking hate being late. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm one of these Dominicans whose father uh, was a militar and I didn't grow up with that whole fucking being late to shit. I always grew up like showing up mad early. So that's the thing I get fucking picky about. Now, I don't give a fuck if anyone else is late. Like, you could show the fuck up late. I ain't going to stress you. I'm not one of those people who be, like, tapping their watch when you show up. I don't care. As long as I'm early, I am happy as shit. <laughs> that's where I fuss, you know? So I will send you a, a gibberish-ass fucking text, but you better believe my ass will be on time. Wow. And if is... I'm not, something happens. 
That is so Something atypical Dominican. It's not my fault. <laughs> um, Juno, I have a two-part question. Um, first part is, like, screen, uh, you know, we're, we do a lot of screenwriting and stuff like that here. Um, you know, screenwriters have to read their scripts, like, so many times. Usually they, they have, you know, we have readings and all this stuff. And how many times, when you're writing, like, a novel, like, how many times do you think that you actually read have to reread your own your own work your own book and then the second question is have have you been have people reached out to you to to actually write a screenplay uh yeah i mean look what y'all do is very very different i mean mean, you've got to hit those beats in ways that few people do and things if things you know i mean you know if you can punch up a joke if you can punch up a line you've got to do it um you know i think the work I do works more at a gestalt level. Like it's all of it combined. Um, it, it doesn't have to have impact. In other words, it doesn't have to have any kind of punchline. There's different things that are going on. So yeah, if I was, let me tell you, if I was doing the kind of form you were doing, I would be reading it aloud constantly. I'd be testing every sentence for the break, testing every, you know, joke for the point of emphasis. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. I mean, for me, it's a different situation. I just live doing not only in the language, not only in the dialogue, the incident and the characters. You know, I again, like I tend to be what I do is more of a sancocho. It's like lots of elements. They stew together for a very, very, very long time, you know, and, you know, you guys, it's it's something very different. As far as film, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean. I guess I, I people have reached out, uh, but I'm I'm not I'm not all that good at fucking writing fast. And if you don't write fast, you shouldn't be in film. You know, True. you gotta write fast, man. You gotta write so fast. And you know, there's a lot of people out there, like a, a lot of young people, like y'all, who are doing stuff. And I think that that's where you know our, our kind of our new film is going to come from. So I'm like, you know. All power to y'all, man, for real. Thanks. Wow. So, Juno, you not only won a Pulitzer, but you were then named to the board of jurors for the Pulitzer. And you were the first Latino to be on the board. I? Did you did you feel any added pressure or was it just pure excitement for breaking down that barrier for Latinos? And, I mean, what else do you have for any Latino that wants to follow the steps of Juno. I mean, hey, you don't want to follow my damn steps. You spend a lot of time fucking No, you don't. You spend a lot of fucking time depressed, I'll tell you that. Wow. Second of all, I don't know about excitement and I don't know about any of that. I just know this shit is work. I mean, it is a fucking enormous amount of work. I tend to do things that are, you know, that kind of labor intensive. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, in some ways, you know, of course, one is, one dignifies the position. Um, one brings the best you can to it, but part of it is real unromantic. You are in there reading nonstop, months of time go, and it's cool. I'm happy. For me, that's a small part of the day because we say inside the board, you know, we're basically Santa Claus. You know, every April we bring these gifts to people that change their lives. My life was changed by a book of Pulitzer, so, you know, we try to do the same back, and um, it's been a real. I think it's been a real kind of gratifying experience personally just because of the the kind of diversity that our group has been able to bring to, um, you know, the Pulitzer Prize winners, um, to the finalists. If you look at the, 
the years that I've been on the board and the, the groups that I've been in on the board and compare the the kind of winners that you know we pick to what happened before, you would see a very, very different set of demographics. So I feel like we've done the best work we can, but yo, this shit is crazy tiring. It's sort of like having, honestly, it's like having a kid. You're just exhausted all the time without any of the love. Hmm. Juno, um, so I said that, I see that you're on Facebook, you post some stuff. As a writer, for you, do you feel that social media has more cons than pros as a writer? Or is it just something that's just more cons because there's so much distraction? Because I noticed that there are people that I know that it's very difficult to stay focused and there's some distractions. As you um, are watching the work that's being created in this next generation, do you feel that there's just more negative or there are some pluses in social media? I don't know if I could call it. I can't call it. I think um, there's always temptations and it, there's always distractions. And each generation has got its sort of challenges, man. Um, I myself am on Facebook, but that's all I do. I'm, I'm terrible at social media and I don't even use Facebook primarily for anything other than to sort of post the, the kind of articles that I read in the newspaper that I enjoy. I mean, I don't talk about myself. I mean, yeah, I, I think you, if you like spent six months of your mad dull reading my Facebook, you'd be lucky if you find two places where I say anything about myself, you know? I think I, I just use that to, to kind of think and sort of circulate, you know, interesting political articles. I just think that, yeah, man, I mean, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff can get you like completely turned inside and out. But I guess each generation is their challenges, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's an addiction, but what is it? You know, television was when I was a kid. I just think ultimately, if you want to do what you want to do, You've got to make the necessary sacrifices. There's no question that whatever the hell you want to do, there's a whole group of people out there who want to do it, and they're more than willing to suffer for it. And that's, I think, the thing that always drove me is that I went to school. Listen, I'm a kid from a kind of a screwed-up neighborhood, plenty of people from more screwed-up neighborhood. I came from a screwed-up family, plenty of people with more screwed-up families. You know, I didn't feel, like, exceptional in my poverty or my marginalization, I felt like, you know, pretty marginalized, you know, pretty poor, but not like beyond the norm. And the thing I discovered was when I started going to school and I was going to school with all these white kids is that all that kind of bullshit, uh, you know, ultimately, if you ain't going to work like a dog, you're going to get eaten alive. And I could say a million things about this and that, but, you know, it's just there's, there's no way around it. And once I realized that there was no way around it, you know, and that all you have to do, all you can do is grind and, and that there's a bunch of hungry people out there trying to outgrind you, that more or less set the, the kind of, you know, that more or less set everything in play. That kind of gave me my, you know, gave me my direction and helped me not go bananas, you know, whether it was sitting around watching TV, where there was uh, smoking trees all day, drinking, mm -hmm. all things I like to do. I just, I needed to, I needed a direction and you know, the idea that, like, unless I was willing to, you know, con cuchillo entre los dientes, it wasn't going to happen. Ain't nobody trying to give us shit. We're poor. We're of African descent. We're immigrants. We're from stigmatized communities. Motherfuckers don't ain't going to give us shit. And uh, all we got is our work. Well, speaking of your work, you also do work as a professor at MIT. 
And I mean, this is just me, but I'm thinking your class must get sold out immediately, semester after semester. I'm thinking there's like spaces in your class on StubHub and shit. <laughs> you know, I like, got mine's I got mine's on SeatGeek. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is it like <laughs> to be a outside the class? Exactly. <laughs> what is it like to be a student in Juno Diaz's class? I mean, it's not that big. Y'all make it sound like. I can make these kids rich. First of all, <laughs> students don't give a fuck who the fuck you are. They don't even know. Students are looking for something to fit a hole in their schedule. You'd be amazed <laughs> how many people walk into my class because they're like, you know, I needed a Wednesday 7 o'clock class. You're it, motherfucker. So oh, let's do shit. It. <laughs> they, ain't, they ain't some, like, you know, fan stuff. And I guess, what is it like to be in my class? Yeah. I tend to fucking grade hard and have a lot of work. You know, so that's a pain in the fucking ass. I'm not sure everyone's happy. You know, people figure out real quick that I'm, uh, you know, that I'm pretty curious about it. And, uh, you know, but again, I also, I, I won't lie to you, man. I have great affection for my students. I have great affection for the whole process of teaching. You know, I, I, I really believe in my students. And so I'm, you know, I show up a thousand percent. I, I, there could be a million things wrong with my teaching. I might be have all sorts of weaknesses, but I, I show the fuck up to these young people, man. I just, I bring it because I know that, you know, that's what is expected and that's what good teaching looks like. Juno, I myself taught at the college level multicultural marketing for five years for the City University of New York here. Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. And, and, you know, I just had to brag a little. Not to toot her own <laughs> No, I'm not horn, even trying right? to toot my own, but I want to agree with you in that, like, when you show up, as a class, as a as a teacher, as an instructor, as an adjunct, which I was, and you're ready to inspire, it makes a world of a difference because some teachers show up and they just come to work. But then there are the teachers that show up coming with knowledge and experience and background and uplifting memories. And, you know, that's that's how I used to show up on a Saturday morning at nine o'clock for three hours for these kids. And it was the most fulfilling job I have ever had other than being a mom. But it's incredibly fulfilling. Are you that kind of like cool teacher who curses in class and is like, what's up, motherfuckers? Open your book to page five. Like, what are you? Are you? I mean, I want to meet that teacher, You in my, you in my world, Are you that teacher? I cannot, I cannot describe what kind of teacher I am. That's like, you know, I don't know. You'd have to talk to students of mine. All I know is I try to be there. I try to be present. I believe in these young people. And, and I try to make, you know, try to do probably what's the most important thing, which is to model, you know, model the fact of, you know, model that I make mistakes all the time and that doesn't make anyone a bad person. And that I'm, you know, I try to be compassionate about it, you know, but, uh, again, it's, it's, it's not really that romantic being a teacher. is the least romantic shit because ultimately the students have bigger lives than you. You're just a blip in their life, you know, and that's cool. I mean, they've got other shit to worry about. They've got their, you know, whoever they're dating or trying to date, they got their families, they got their worries. And so I, it's not some dead poet society where you're making, you know, the you're the heart of someone's, you know, world. You're just a dude. They show up with a, a couple of hours and you try to do your best in that time. And then they keep the fucking moving. Like, this ain't going to be a brief, wondrous semester, y'all. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, no, man. I'm like, yo, 14 weeks. You better not, you know. You better be ready. This shit is not short. Uh, Juno, I read uh, I, I read up that you are kind of a nerd. Like, you're a big Dungeons & Dragons fan, Planet of the Apes. 
um, you um, the article I read, you annotated a footnote in your, in uh, in Oscar Wow where you compared, you described the Aro Azua from province in Dominican Republic. Uh, to the Star Wars planet Tatooine. So as a Star Wars fan, I want to know what you think about the new trilogy. You mean the newest movie? The newest the, movies. The new well, the trilogies, yeah, the new, the two latest ones. Have you? Are you following the new ones? Are you still like a, yeah, a, yeah. I mean, a Star, you know, Star Wars guy? Or are you like, yeah, you know I mean, what, the originals are the best. They can't be touched. I mean, I don't know nothing about that, but I think if you're high as shit, maybe the new ones <laughs> make some sense to you. I just, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm, I don't know. I, I guess it's for this generation. This shit doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, they seem really poorly written, but what the hell I know. I'm not the one sitting on like five billions of dollars. I could be like, it's poorly written. And they're like, yeah, okay, but I'm rich. You're not. You're <laughs> doing good. You know, but uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. They seem real dumb, but maybe I'm just getting old, yo. I mean, I see them, you know. I see the movies every time they're out. I come and see them. I think, uh, I guess I'm expecting more, you know. Like, I got to tell you, it's like, once you see a movie like Get Out and you see what good-ass writing looks like. Yeah. You know, I was like, yo, man, this year, yo, I think that to me is... uh, Big benchmark, man. Get out. Damn, yo. That's why this Oscar, when The Shape of Water won, I mean, yo, I love Guillermo del Toro, but The Shape of Water ain't nowhere near as good as Get Out. I love Hot Fish dudes, but yo, come on. (laughs) How's Get Out not going to get that award? (laughs) Nah, it was, come on, every single, the, the old white people that Get Out condemns are the very voters that were like, yo, fuck this movie. And I'm going to go with the fucking fish man. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I mean, it's kind of fucked up. I won't lie to you. I got mad respect for Guillermo del Toro. But Guillermo del Toro has benefited immensely from the concept of diversity. But I have never seen that motherfucker cast a single Latino in any of his U.S. movies, yo. Mm. No, I'm like, I'm just saying, yo, he's. I'm like, yo, all of these cats, all of these Mexican directors, yo, Cuarón, I'm like, yo, do any of you cast Latinos at all? Mm. I'm like, yo, with friends like that, we don't need no fucking enemies in our community, man. Right. And these dudes are not, like, powerless. They could cast people. Right. And so I'm like, yo, so basically you want, you were like, yo, white people put me, please put me on, but. When you got your turn, you can't put no other Latinos on? Pay I'm like, it I don't forward. Know. Pay it forward. The fuck? But also just the lack of fucking political consciousness. And, and in our community, I'm just like, you know, again, all respect. I love Guillermo del Toro's work. But give me a break, yo. Come on, man. You can't even a side character? Wow. I don't know, man. Do- I, I don't know. <laughs> Juno, because um, I, I saw that you shared an article about Oscar so, uh, Oscar so White and how that movement in there. What is your opinion or what do you think needs to change for to have more Latinos in Hollywood after the fact that we just mentioned right now? Like what needs to change for effective movement in the next 10 years for Latinos to be in front of the camera? Again, who knows, but we've got to just keep fighting for it. Like, you know, it's hard to predict, but look, we're the biggest the largest group of people of color in this country. You wouldn't goddamn know it. Um, We're the most marginalized in the mainstream media. You know, we exist as something to be feared and something to hate. 
but we don't exist as something to be represented in any complex way. Um, you know, it's almost as if our invisibility is sort of, and is 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 like there's, you know, it's this non-negotiable in this society that, you know, we must keep these people utterly invisible. But uh, we've got to keep fighting. We've got to keep pushing. And you know, there's a lot of folks out there who are trying to like make the stuff happen. And I think eventually we're going to get tired of always spending our money on. You know, an industry that um, doesn't, you know, in any way uh, do anything for us. Now, that, of course, is fanciful dreaming, but fuck, you got to have some hopes. And uh, I just think it's the same thing always historically. You keep fighting and eventually something shifts. Mm. Well, we're continuing to do that here in New York as best as possible. And it's really a true testament as to why we're doing this podcast. You know, like it's not like the platforms are being created for Latinos just yet. And so the people in this room, we're creating it ourselves. That's why we're here. Now, before yeah, we... man, I commend y'all. It's important. It really is important. It's, this is the, the necessary work. Thank you. Well, listen, before we wrap this interview, we have to talk about your latest project, which I believe is coming out in a few days which is a children's book island born so can you tell us about that yeah i mean i just I, again I, I wish there was a lot to say but uh i um i wrote a kid's book about a little um afro-dominican girl and uh her family and her kooky ass neighborhood and you know i kind of i've always been writing about young people but i knew it was time for me to write a you know something for younger people for younger, younger people. And uh, again, it's, you know, it always is weird when you think about it. You'd be hard pressed to name, you know, five kids books, uh, basically about our community or for our community. Mm -hmm. So I knew I had to do something. And uh, I don't know. I also just, I think I, I was thinking of my older sister who is like, you know, when I think about who does the little character in the book, Lola look like, it's, you know, that's my older sister. So, my older sister, Marisa Vela, there's a part of me that's like, um, you know, that was a way to get closer to her, you know? Oh, that's beautiful. My goodness. That's really... Rachel's getting heart. emotional in here. I know, no. <laughs> well, first of all, I can't wait to buy the book. I, You have to see my library for my son. My son is an Afro-Latino, and it's it means so much to me to see a piece of work being published about Afro-Latinidad because I know there's not a lot of books about Latin children, but there's, like, no books about Afro-Latin children. Let me tell you, there's not even a category... You know, when you crack open the book and there's like the Library of Congress description of it, there's not even a category for Afro-Latinos. Poo-poo. That's disgusting to me. Well, look, we have one last question, which is from one of our fans. And Jacqueline Rodriguez of Queens, New York, wants to know, why did Juno call the Spanish version of the book Lola instead of Nacida en la Isla? Because Nacida en la Isla sounds just awful. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, on one side you have island born, which is like beautiful in English, you know? And while Nacida en la Isla or Isleña, both of them kind of work, none of them kind of capture the magic like that island born has. So I got, I had to figure out something that could capture, you know, that was kind of catchy and just kind of brought the heart of the book. And we believe me, we sat on this for a long time. I, every person. I knew who spoke like Spanish 5,000 times better than me. People who are like just the illest Cervantes Dominicans. And 
they really couldn't come up with anything that worked, man. And so, you know, we hit upon Lola and we were like, you know what? It looks good on the page. It captures, you know, the, the kind of the, the protagonist, how she's at the heart of the story. And um, that's what we had to go with. You know, I wish, I wish that there'd been a, you know, a kind of analog in Spanish to Island Born that would, that would have sounded good, but nothing had the kind of rhythm. So we, we went a different direction, man. Well, I don't have a kid, but I, I like, uh, I think me and all your other adult fans with no, with no kids, they want to read anything that you put out. So I'm, we're going to buy this children's book and read it very slowly. <laughs> Just so we can oh, get, really kind. But, you know, you can always go to the library too. You know, yeah. you're fine. <laughs> well, Juno Diaz, thank you so much for all the knowledge you shared with us and being a guest on the Latinos Out Loud podcast. We support you, we love you, thank and you. we really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much, well, bro. Thank you. All. You have a good night. Man. Thank you, Juno. Man. Diaz. Thank you, Juno Diaz. Wow, that was amazing. Oh, my God, Juno Diaz. You guys, it's that time. Y'all know what time it is? Yes. Who wants to go first? Any Yo, use? let me go first. Go ahead, Dominican. Okay. Um, shout outs to Corriente Latina. They have a Pacific Rim. No, Jamie. Come on. No, they have I just want one movie. I just let him go to one of these, con- <laughs> these contest movies. You're going to have to give it to him at some point. Why am I ineligible? I don't Yo. get it. Just come in with a fake name and enter or something like that. Right. We'll figure it Jaime out. Jaime Hernandez. Jaime Your Hernandez. <laughs> Your AKA. I already demand a recount. Okay. <laughs> Pacific Rim giveaway coming out th- later this week. <clears throat> you visit CorrienteLatina.com. And um, no, sh- no no, other shout outs. I just want to give a shout out to uh, Rachel. What? <clears throat> you have a show coming up. Right. So that's my only shout out. The people you should go. Not only do you take R- Rachel's word to go to the show, I'm going to be present. So if you want to sit next to me, uh, let me know and we'll figure it out. Nice. I'll talk about the show. I guess I should do that now. Yeah. Well, this weekend, Bago is right. <laughs> this weekend, March 9th. The People's Improv Theater presents Bragging Rights. It's the red team versus the blue team, and I'm on the red team, a.k.a. the winning team. Yo, I'm so excited for the show. We've been rehearsing. I wrote a sketch, so we'll be performing three sketches, one of which is mine. Um, I'll be acting in all three of them. We've got some really funny stuff, and like I said on Instagram, there's going to be some comedy carnage left on that floor. Bring that title back. I'm going for the the belt. I am going for the belt, and we've been working very hard but basically the format of this bragging rights show is two teams are put against each other at the pit the people's improv theater they do three sketches each and then there are three votes there's two judges and then the audience so i need my people to come out and represent because i need you to cheer really loud bago if you have to bring a megaphone please feel free to allow that no um so but you know what every team is entitled to a weasel move so if you want to bring a megaphone bring oh, a megaphone okay so okay. to get tickets to come to this show go to the pit-nyc.com that's the pit p-i-t-nyc.com not to be confused with the peach pit okay uh. <laughs> for my brenda! 90210 fans <laughs> brenda <laughs> dylan 
Um, so yeah, thepitnyc.com, and I'll be there uh, March 9th at 8 p.m. Thank okay. you. Follow me at Rachel La Loca. Uh, shout out. Uh, my shout out is to Room 28. Woo! We are going to be at the Daft Comedy. Diverse as fuck. Diverse as, I didn't want to say fuck, but diverse as <laughs> fuck. Just did. Comedy, <laughs> fe- well, nah, yeah. Comedy <laughs> festival. It's a really cool festival. It's going to March 30th and 31st, but w- Room 28 is performing the 30th? 31st. The 31st. And, um, at 10.45 p.m. Oh, so prime. I feel like every time you have to do the <laughs> shout, Rachel just jumps in. Like, this it's is the way right. you say it. I always got Jamie's back. I'm looking at the flyer. <laughs> it just doesn't say when we're doing it. But we're actually pretty high up on the flyer. There's yeah, like, we're like a headliner. There's like there's like 80 names. And, and you, we're in big font. We're in big font at the top. You know. Thank so. you, Millie Tamaris. Yeah, thanks for putting us up there. We did it last year. It was, we got a great response from the sketch we did. Gonna do it again this year. And not only Room 28, but Rachel, she's mm-hmm. doing double du- double duty at death. I like to double dip at death. You know um, what I'm saying? Her crazy Sexy Cruel, which is the group that she just did a show uh, with and that we were praising a couple weeks ago. They are going to perform a sketch too, so Rachel's going to be pretty busy that weekend. And uh, and I've always felt Rachel was v- diverse as fuck, like very diverse <laughs> as fuck. So I think it's a good match. <laughs> well, being half Jewish and Dominican, yeah, I, I that really, makes you diverse. My life has been deaf. So go to www.diversesfuck.com. Get tickets now. It's March thirtieth. Get tickets now because it's going to sell out. And that's happening at Caveat, which is on Clinton Street in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. So come through and support diverse comics. There's a lot of diversity at this festival. That's why I love it so much. It's really one of a kind, isn't it? Even the white people are diverse in it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it. This is episode 10, you guys. Oh, Eddie V, any shout outs? Uh, shout outs to you guys for letting me me on to the show and giving me an opportunity to be on the radio. And, uh, yeah, definitely any listeners out there, follow me on social media. I underscore am Eddie V, E-D-D-I-E-V, the American way. Nice. And, uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you to Desiree. Desiree! All day. Desiree all day. Brooklyn College, baby. And Freddie Scales, who is... Scales. Yo, we got a crew here, yo. We got a powerful, powerful team. We also have powerful listeners. And by that, I mean you have the power to leave a review. (laughs) So motivational. You are empowered, listeners. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating on iTunes. We need your help. Help us help you. We want iTunes to pay attention to us. And the way they pay attention is by knowing that we have listeners and people that care. So, listeners like you, instead of viewers like you... Listeners like you could help the cause by leaving a review and a rating. So please do so. You've been doing a great job. I think we're up to fifty. Yeah, we're which is there. Which, it's fantastic. Than it's the really first time great. Let's, let's let's go double speed. Let's yeah. go double time. Let's, let's get hundred. Let's get hundred. If, right, if you can make a, if you could give a bad review to, on Yelp to a restaurant, you can give a good review to us on iTunes. Right? I don't see the yeah. correlation, but yeah, I agree. Well, because a lot of people Yelp. No, <laughs> that's true. All right. Well, we need you. We need your help. We so need your, skip Yelp <laughs> and your... give us help. Okay. And that's it. We out. Oye, mijo, qué show es ese que están escuchando? Tremenda vaina. Hola, amigo. 
Bienvenidos y bienvenidos a Tremenda Vaina, el show donde escuchas cuatro historias que desafían la realidad. De las cuatro, solamente una es mentira. ¿Cuál será? Nos puedes encontrar en tu plataforma favorita. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Suscríbete hoy. Y esto es Tremenda Vaina. Tremenda Vaina. There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota. Toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more.